From PRX, this is Orbital Path, a show about the cosmos and our place in it. I'm Michelle Thaller. Oh, yes. Ow, I thought. <laughs> We're in our hot tub here on our lovely deck. This is my wonderful husband. This is Andrew Booth. Hello. Uh, a- Andrew is a, a physicist as well. He's an astrophysicist. And uh, Andrew and I actually do end up here most nights. You know, th- there's, I don't think it was a coincidence that I ended up marrying another physicist. because no. um, it certainly we, wasn't for me. No, yes. That's right, yeah. We, we live in a world where, after decades of training, you get used to saying things like, time as we know it doesn't really exist. We live in a universe with more than the dimensions that we're aware of. Possibly as many as 11. Goes to 11. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, you need somebody who can kind of hold your hand against the fear of this, because... Our world is making some pretty amazing demands on us in terms of what reality is like. And I asked you recently, what what about modern physics scares you the most? Yeah, you did. You asked me that. And I said mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell, tell me what you mean by that. Well, because it, the, the start of mathematics is easy, right? You develop mathematics to count things and, and, and then to do multiplication. And, and like if you have uh, 10 fields and each of them produces five bushels, then you're going to get 50 bushels of, of whatever it is you're growing. So... That, that's that's easy and that's good and that's that's an obvious connection to reality and then mathematics of its own accord gets more complicated over time and we start developing these strange functions like Fourier transforms and Bessel functions and it turns out that these things actually represent reality different sorts of reality not just how many bushels of wheat you're going to get out of your fields but the particles in the universe and what drives quantum mechanics and gravity and, and these these different mathematical ideas for no real apparent reason to me work to describe reality the comp- really complicated math is needed to describe reality and we developed the math before we developed its its link to reality yeah and that's that's a, that's a weird thing, that, that this math actually really does describe reality. I mean, some of it was fairly simple. Like, you know, I mean, you know, Newton and Leibniz developed yes. calculus. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, sort of playing around with mathematics, seeing what mathematics can do. But then all of a sudden, you could describe how something accelerates when it falls. Yes. You know, the, the story of the apple falling, right? I mean, of yes. course, we don't think that actually happened. But Newton's equations could describe exactly how fast the apple goes as it falls down. It accelerates. And that was calculus. And then people started playing with calculus. They did more and more complex things with it. Yes. They started doing calculus in more than, more than three, dimensions. three dimensions. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> and all yes. of a sudden they realized that yes. it described things about yes. reality perfectly. We haven't yeah. been able to find the deviation yet. Yes. So one of the, the, the questions I often get asked by the public is that they've heard that physicists think the universe has 11 dimensions. Yes. Specifically 10 of space and one of time. Time yes. seems to be a bit odd. Yes. And they look at you like you're absolutely crazy. And they say, why, why are we spending money on this, right? I mean, I mean, yes. I mean why is it that we're allowing you guys to, to pull a salary doing these strange mental it, tricks? Because it's totally clear that there are only three <laughs> dimensions of space, right? <laughs> Here we are, up, down, left, right, back, front, right? Yeah. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that this story is about 100 years old. Yes. That uh, it begins basically in the teens, the 19-teens. Uh, where where Einstein is working out his general theory of relativity, which described gravity. And in it, there is sort of this little sneaky implication that space bends. Yes. It's not right. something we can directly see. So, you know, gravity yeah. is the bending of space and the bending of time. Time yes. is wrapped up in this. Yes, this is our first implication that there isn't really just three dimensions of space, right? 
because you've got to link in that time dimension as so well. So Einstein describes a surface, you know, yes. like, like a surface of water. Not yes. A yes. And he says that what gravity really is, is, is an indentation in that surface, right? Yes, I mean, but the, the, what is an indentation in? Right. Yes, that's right. Where does the surface go when it's indentated, right? What direction? <laughs> what direction is it going? Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> you that's know, right, so yeah. you take all of the three dimensions we're aware of and yes. time, yes. you wrap them all into a single surface, yes. a thing, space-time. Yeah. yeah. And then you say there's a geometry to it. There are waves on it, right? Yeah. There, there are curves. Yes. And where does that curve go? Yes, that's what, right. what direction is that? Yeah, that's And right. so people started to play with this idea. Mm-hmm. And Einstein described gravity this way, but other mathematicians began to realize mm-hmm. that if you looked at the force of gravity and compared it with the other forces that we know about, I mean, the, the main one back then was electromagnetism. Electromagnetism yeah. is what they knew of. Yes, right. that's right. Yeah. The way light behaves. Yes. The way magnetism behaves. Yes, magnets and, and electric currents. And yeah. there were there were physicists that realized that if you started to play with the laws of electromagnetic force, but you added in other dimensions, all of a sudden it started to look a lot like the way gravity behaves. Yes. The bending of an extra dimension gave you what electromagnetism does. Specifically in terms of the mathematics, you, you, we have already had an equation that described electricity and magnetism, and now all of a sudden, if you bring in an extra dimension, they're able to explain that equation. So it's weird, but it, it describes reality. And then you sort of have to follow the rabbit down the hole, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just say, okay, let's stop now. All of a sudden, you start to do the mathematics. The implications are getting pretty incredible that... Space and time are one thing, yes. but there are many dimensions of space that we are not aware of, but are there. So that's the thing. Where are these dimensions, right? We're not aware of them. And I think that, you know, there are a number of different answers, and, and, and all of them are a little bit disturbing. I mean, I mean, I mean, some are that, you know, we exist at a scale that's large enough that we're only aware of, say, the dimensions that basically expanded with the universe. Yes. And there are others that never really expanded. They're kind of rolled up inside Yes, they're the tiny, tiny, tiny little things. Smaller than atoms, right? Smaller than nuclei. Way smaller than yeah, nuclei. Small, smaller, yeah, smaller than the nuclei of atoms. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, you know... Much more, yeah. But as right, we're yeah. moving around right now, as we're in the hot tub, I mean, we're moving in those 11 dimensions. Yes. It's just that we're really only aware of, of the, the big, big ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, right. But, but then other people have said that maybe the other dimensions are big. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, our, our brain is somehow limited. Yeah. That, you know, our brain is only good at processing information from those yeah. four dimensions, three right. of space and one of time. Our brain is a product of evolution, right? So our brain is, is specifically, as far as we're concerned, very finely tuned to be able to hunt things, right? <laughs> to actually find prey. And maybe maybe being only in three dimensions helps you do that, right? Because the prey isn't moving in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh dimensions, I, right? I love you, but I think that argument makes no sense at all. <laughs> because seriously, if, if yeah. we're talking about no time, mm-hmm. that time is something that doesn't exist mm-hmm. as a progression, then the idea oh. that I kill something, therefore I get to eat it, therefore I don't starve, that's embedded in time. Oh, all right then, yes. So, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think it was an evolutionary advantage. Yeah, right. I, I think we're going to have to look for some other explanation okay. as to why our brains don't perceive the universe the way it really is. Yes. And then this is what brings us to the hot tub at night. See, this, yes. is, this is a safe place. We're here in the warm yes. water. We've got our glasses of Chardonnay. And when, when you work in physics, you really have to get used to and, and comfortable to some degree with reality being nothing the way no. we perceive it. No. Or at least we perceive this little dusting of reality at the very top, and there's all this structure underneath that's holding that dusting up. Again, 100 years old, Albert Einstein thought that if you could look at the universe from the right perspective, from one of these other dimensions, you would see all of time yes. in front of you like a landscape. 
That's right. There isn't yes. a, a past, present, and future. It's not that this moment is real and moments in the past are gone forever and moments in the future haven't happened yet. Yeah. Einstein would say that if you could look from, say, the fifth dimension down, you would see all of time. And he thought that the Big Bang created the whole deal at once, every moment in time. I think that's true. Do you think that's true? Well, it's interesting you say it's true because you're you're very conservative about this. You you, yes. you really don't like going down these these rabbit holes. Well, holes. I don't. No. <laughs> but but it, it, there seems to be no way to get around it, right? That's the thing. Yeah, because the idea of space and time, the three dimensions of space and time being linked in general relativity. I mean, we've got huge experimental proof of that. In fact, we we just this last year we got even more proof of it by the. Uh, LIGO detection of gravitational, gravitational waves, waves yeah. yeah. So that's a done deal, right? Space and time are linked that way that general relativity says there. So, so what, what that so, means, and this is, you yeah. know, I mean, a lot of times people ask me about, you know, do you have any kind of spirituality? Do you have any kind of religion? Mm. You and I, I'm going to get that mosquito. No. You and I are, are not I'm totally going to get that mosquito. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You and I are sort of, you know, in some ways left adrift that way. We don't really yes. have that so much in our life. But one of the things I've, I've said to you is that if this is true, and it seems to be, and all, all of time exists at once, when the universe began 13.8 billion years ago, I was holding your hand. Yes, yes. And when the universe ends... Which it may or may not. Which it may or may not. We don't even really understand the definition of end yet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, whatever happens to the universe in uncountable... Oh. Trillions, quadrillions, uncountable amounts of time. Amounts of time. I'm yes, still holding right. your hand. Yes, that's right. Even yeah. though we only existed for, knock oh, on wood, 100 years. Yeah. We, we, tiny little fraction of the universe, yes. We actually exist for all of time. And everything exists for Everything all of time. exists for, for everything at once. Yes. All at once. Yes, that's right. And, and this appears to be a rather unescapable requirement of yes. modern physics. Right. What do you do with that? Mm. You end up in your hot tub, don't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, and <laughs> <laughs> drinking alcohol. Drinking alcohol. <laughs> That's Andrew Booth. He's a NASA astronomer and engineer, and also my husband. Thanks for joining us for this adventure in hot tub physics on Orbital Path from PRX. You can find some of our drier episodes at orbital.prx.org. And if you're puzzled or curious or just plain freaked out by the idea that our universe has 11 dimensions, be sure to listen to our episode coming out October 20th. I'll be talking with the man who's become the public voice for all those dimensions we'd rather not think about, New York Times best-selling author Brian Greene. He's director of Columbia University's Center for Theoretical Physics. And if my math is right, he was on the Colbert Report no fewer than seven times. Support for Orbital Path is provided by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More at sloan.org. This episode of Orbital Path was produced by David Shulman. Should we turn on the jets? Sure. Our editor is Andrea Mustaine. Special thanks to John Barth and Genevieve Sponsler back at PRX. Signing off for now. I'm Michelle Thaller. A little bit of wet yeah. <laughs> stardust. <laughs>